You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is Friday, February 23rd, 2018, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual on this fine Friday is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hey, Craig, uh, good to be here. Uh, you may recall that I ended off uh, last week's call by saying, well, you know, if we didn't get another week like that week, look at where we'd be. Well, we got the opposite, of course. So uh, now we got to do a little bit of ground warfare here. So let's see how it goes. In a stunning development. You're right. And Eric, I should point out before we get started, uh, as you likely know, the deadline for RRSP season in Canada is coming up quick, man. It is March the 1st, which makes it what, like? Thursday? Something like that. Uh, anyway, here at Sprott Money, we've partnered with a company called Quest Trade to make it even easier for you to buy and store physical gold and silver in your registered retirement account. But don't miss this deadline. It's next week. Invest in your future today. Call 888-861-0775 for more details, or you can visit SprottMoney.com and find out more there as well. Eric, yeah, it. Uh, we were on the cusp of what looked like a, a, a solid move, and then suddenly we got <clears throat> we got hit hard late in the day on Friday, and then we got smashed really good on Tuesday. To me, it looked like it was some uh, some smoothing out ahead of option expiration. What did you think of the week that just was? <laughs> always, I'm always skeptical of what happens, and you know, uh, as they always say. Uh, the uh, the discussion follows the performance, you know. So if the goal goes down, everyone says, "Oh my God, it went down!" Because there's going to be four rate increases instead of three rate increases, and and it's all just a bunch of crap in my mind. Um, it's uh, it, it's uh, language to try to explain what shouldn't have happened in the gold market, and most of what happens in the gold market, particularly the downside, shouldn't happen. Uh, I think that you know we've seen lots of data which suggests that. People other than uh, the commercial banks uh, have a big interest in gold here, but there's certain people at the commercial banks who uh, have positions that they, they want to protect and they want to, you know, skim off money on options expiry every uh, every month or quarter, and uh, so we we end up with that kind of action in the stock in the uh, on, on the COMEX. So. Uh, you know, we got to bide our time again. Oh, and it was shocking to me. I think it was even just yesterday. Uh, we were up six bucks, and and the uh, the UE index was down, I think, a percent and a half or something. But how does that happen? You know, like it's just who knows. I, it's hard. You, you know, you can't explain this most markets anymore. That's the bottom line. You know, actually, I'll ask you that question. I was discussing that yesterday. I was asked that yesterday, actually, on uh, uh, on the Coraline Economics Report about how suddenly now gold doesn't. The price of gold doesn't even seem to matter to the Huey index. It almost tracks tick for tick with silver. Do you think that's a function of HFT, Eric, or uh, what? What is going on there? I think it's a function of positioning by certain people who want to make money on swings in values, who can create those swings, you know. And because uh, of sort of non or diminished regulation of the COMEX and almost diminished regulation of stock markets because we still allow high-frequency trading, and we hear about spoofing, and, you know, everybody admits that they do it, and, you know, they, they convict the odd guy of it, but it's just going on all the time, and everybody talks about it. So it's it's somebody taking advantage of the stock market, and if there's anything that the SEC should have done, it should have 
uh, put a time delay on high frequency trading. It's just, it's an awful situation that we all go through. And so people take advantage that the, the, the dealers and high powered guys with their fancy computers near the exchanges take advantage of the masses every day. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and Eric, as you know, uh, at thirteen thirty, thirteen fifty gold, most gold miners are making a ton of money after you know slimming down and trimming down over the last couple of years. But that's again not reflecting the stocks at all, is it? It's shocking in a way that you know you add on an extra hundred bucks onto the gold price, and guys' earnings are up probably twenty five to thirty three percent, and the stocks are are at new lows. So it's very difficult to explain other than. Uh, somebody positioning who has the power to make things go where they want. Luckily, there are some stocks that seem to avoid it, but to avoid it, you you better come out with some pretty spectacular results in order to fight the basic downtrend. So that's the way I see it. Yeah, th- this would be a good chance for me to ask you about Kirkland Lake. I know you're involved there, and I was just mentioning on my site yesterday how great it's done that, you know, if you're in the right companies, things are going okay. You have any updates on Kirkland or Novo? Sure. Well, on Kirkland, you know, we brought out uh, our quarter. I think the quarter was thirty-four cents of uh, of earnings, which takes it to almost a dollar forty annualized. If you want to look at it that way, which, in terms of uh, the U, these are U.S. numbers, which puts it just a little over ten times earnings if it's sustainable. And I would say on the sustainable front. Uh, a lot of the changes taking place happens because of our, of our foster growth discoveries below below grade and the, the immense high grade. And as we look into further into eighteen and nineteen, uh, we just announced that we have a, have a zone there where we found a million ounces of almost two ounce material. Uh, so as you move to that uh, higher grade. Uh, material, your your production is going to go up, and the and the cost of the production stays the same. It doesn't cost any more to mine two ounces versus two grams. So uh, I would think that, and and we we haven't uh, we're not certain when we get to those high grade ounces, but you know what's going to happen in the next uh, year, a year and a half, and uh, I think the the impact on free cash flow will be quite dramatic. Uh, so between the and the, the reserve upgrade in Foster was something like a million and a half ounces in a year. So we produce, let's call it uh, 270 down there, and we actually added about two and a half million ounces after the 270. So we almost added 10 years net reserves um, or gross reserves in one year, and hopefully we'll find more. So it, I think it looks great. I think it looks inexpensive. I always look at it compared to some of the big stocks and what they earn, what we, what Kirkland earn, and I got to think that there's a lot of examples where we look a lot cheaper than than some stocks that are trading at two and three times higher multiples than we're trading at. So that looks good. Novo, uh, we discussed last week that they came up with this um, the second conglomerate of Comet Well, another 15 meters of conglomerate. There was a an interview of Clinton Hanning on the uh, Terror Report. And I would suggest that any noble shareholder should listen to that. And I would say it was pretty upbeat in the sense that, you know, we're back to, okay, this is how we started down this process. That maybe we had this huge uh, physical uh, space over which the gold was uh, disseminated. And, um, you know, that we got to wait and see whether that proves out. But I, I would say that, you know, we've gone from the half meter of uh, – 
conglomerate that was gold bearing at Purdy's to something that looks like it's going to be more significant at Commonwealth. So that those things are all looking good right now. Yep. All right, turning back to some of the news items this week, Eric. Uh, how about this latest story of market manipulation coming in LIBOR? I that's actually kind of where all the stories uh, really started to get public a couple of years ago. Now here we are again. Well, the funniest part, though, the funniest part is it's the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. It's suing 16 major banks because a bank in Puerto Rico went broke called Doral. And, of course, they went broke because the guy probably thought to himself, hmm, these, this LIBOR rate should be going up. And he probably bet that it would go up because everything he learned in life said it was going to go up. And lo and behold, it didn't go up. Well, why didn't it go up? Because a bunch of banks conspired to keep it down. So all of his, his intellect and logic was right, but the outcome was wrong because a bunch of banks decided, nah, it ain't going up. And uh, so now, now the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation wants to get their money back for the losses that they've incurred on Burrell. So that is quite ironic, I would say. I'd say that sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Ridiculous. You know, whenever we talk about banks, I mean, they've been accused of almost everything under the sun here, including some of them admitting to manipulating uh, gold and silver. So uh, what's new? All of your experience tells you it's going to go up, and yet the banks get involved and it doesn't. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, well, we, we pretty well repeat it every week. <laughs> All right. I have one other story I want to ask you about. Uh, Russia reported their official gold reserves again this week. Uh, for the total year of last year, they added 224 metric tons. I guess that's the real thing, too. That's actual real gold, as far as we can tell. Uh, and they added 600,000 uh, ounces in January here of 2018, which is a lot. Uh, everybody gets all excited about that. However, in January of 2018, the COMEX and the LBMA managed to settle 21.4 million ounces of alleged gold through their EFP process off exchange. That's 36 times the amount of gold that Russia allegedly delivered, but nobody reports that, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have paper and we have the real thing, right? And, of course, it's easy. I guess it's easier to settle paper gold than it is the real thing uh, because of delivery issues and the fact that it's not available. And, um, you know, when you look at what Russia's doing, I mean, Look at the U.S. dollar is very weak here. I mean, wouldn't you much rather have your money in gold? I mean, why would you have it in U.S. dollars when the dollar continues to weaken and, and looks like it's threatening to go much weaker? So I can understand the logic of it. I can understand these other countries, China, Turkey, uh, that are uh, adding to their gold supplies. It, it seems to make sense in the foreign exchange world we live in. So uh, good for them, and um, I hope other, other countries... Uh, come into the fold because it seems like the logical thing to do. Eric, we'll look ahead just quickly to next week. Again, as you mentioned, uh, we were hit pretty hard in gold this week, though silver is mostly unchanged. And so now we look forward to next week. We've got uh, Chief Goon Powell headed up to Capitol Hill for his Humphrey Hawkins testimony. You know how gold usually is managed around those events. A lot of economic data as well. Uh, any thoughts for everybody as we wrap up this week and move to next? Well, I would say other than the PMI data that came out, most of the data that concerns consumers has been weak. The fact that interest rates are going higher here and the cost to the U.S. Treasury, my goodness, if that if those interest rates continue to rise here, the cost of the Treasury is just incredible. 100 basis points cost them $200 billion a year. 
uh, added on to a deficit. None of us know how big it is, to be quite honest, because we're always handed these budgets that are totally meaningless uh, versus reality. So we keep our eye on the um, the 10-year Treasury here, uh, which poked up to almost uh, 3%. That's what's going to drive the market. I'm not a great believer in the chatter that the central banks use on inflation. The, the real story is supply and demand for Treasuries because the Fed's theoretically a seller, and the Russians are sellers, and the Chinese are sellers, and the Japanese are sellers. So who's the buyer here as the U.S. government has to raise probably twice as much money this year as they did last year? So we'll see. I think we all stand by on the 10-year, and if it keeps going higher, it's not going to be constructive for uh, the stock market. And anything that, that negatively affects the stock market ultimately is good for precious metals. Yep, yep. Well, all right. It's going to be a fun week. It's going to be an interesting week ahead. I look forward to talking to you next Friday. But for now, uh, happy weekend to you. Hey, all the best to you too, Craig. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thanks for listening. Don't forget about that RRSP deadline that's coming up next week. Go to SprottMoney.com to check out the details and take action today. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Friday. 